Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine your favorite color. Is it the deep marine blue of a mussel shell? The charming pink of a summer iced float? Or a soft gray oyster bed stretched across a strand? Each color has a purpose and a story. Find your favorite color among Color Trend's vast range of Irish-inspired collections. Visit colortrend.ie to find your local store. Color Trend. Infinite color from Ireland. For the past 20 years, I've been immersed in the world of true crime and have confronted serial killers face to face. My name is M. William Phelps, host of the hit podcast Paper Ghosts. Now my new show, Crossing the Line. Get ready for the uncensored truth, interviews with top experts, and stories of the missing and murdered you have not heard anywhere else. I mean, he was the master manipulator of coercive control. It turns out that the dead guy worked out at the same gym. Listen to Crossing the Line, coming October 12. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Learn how to store your gun securely and make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. We've been giving you guys nonstop, like, just amazingness. Just, just so much creativity, so much range, you know? And so, like, when I think about you know, stuff like that. I'm just like, to me, it's more than a dance strike. And this colonizing, um, this stealing, this pillaging happens outside of dance. It happens outside of social activism. It happens anytime there's a black person in connection to it. TikTok is well known for its viral dance trends. Many of those dances are choreographed by the platform's black user base. Now black content creators are going on a TikTok strike. And black people decided now that they are not going to create any choreography because when they do so, white people steal them and then they take the credit for it. The cultural TikTok strike that is going on with a lot of black TikTok creators and it is definitely confusing a lot of white content creators out there. This is Vice News Reports, and I'm your host, Ariel Zimros. This time last year, kids, teens, parents, celebrities, it felt like almost everyone had given it their best shot at the viral dance challenge for Megan Thee Stallion's song, Savage. The song and dance was all over TikTok. I'm a savage. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, nasty. 
The dance was created by Kiara Wilson, a choreographer from Ohio. She's one of the many Black creators fueling the dance challenge craze and making viral content on the app. Jalea Harmon is another. She was 14 when she created the viral challenge known as the Renegade. She fought for months to get recognition as the dance's creator. And while she waited, she saw white TikTok influencers get propelled to internet stardom using her moves. What happened to Jalea wasn't the first time Black creators didn't receive credit for their work. But in the dance challenge scene, it's definitely one of the biggest. Over the past year, there's been a growing tension between TikTok and Black creators. In 2020, several creators alleged that TikTok was suppressing content about the Black Lives Matter protests and George Floyd's death. And recently, TikTok creator Ziggy Tyler made a shocking discovery when he tried to update his bio on TikTok's creator marketplace, which is a part of the app where influencers like Ziggy connect with brands to get sponsorship deals. Here's why I'm frustrated. Well, if I go into the creator marketplace and I put supporting white supremacy and I hit accept, it's okay. But God forbid, let me put Black Lives Matter on there. Watch, it says it's a threat. Boom, inappropriate content. Can't say that. I cannot say black people. This is my screen recording. And this is why I'm pissed the fuck off. We're tired. We're tired. The events have left many of the app's black creators feeling marginalized and disrespected. In June, TikTok content creator Eric Lewis posted a video that for many symbolized the beginning of what has been dubbed the hashtag black TikTok strike. Eric sat down with one of our producers, Janice Mocha, to break down the events that inspired the strike and how this is more than just a TikTok strike for Black creators. It's a labor strike. Hey, Eric. Hey, Janice. Have you done any podcast interviews? Um, I did one. That was actually the one I did before this interview. Um, and then I have another one. I'm trying to figure out with I forgot which is not really Virgo of me but um, <laughs> oh you're a Virgo your birthday's coming up next month yeah 25th of August oh nice I'm a Leo yes uh, I love Leo <laughs> on June 18th you created a video and it was set to Megan the Stallion's Thought Shit which yes. you know the song is made for TikTok right the chorus tells mm-hmm. you what to do Hands on my knees, shaking ass on my thought shit. And uh, actually, Megan sounds way cooler when she says that. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about the video. So basically, the video was uploaded the night prior to Juneteenth, two hours before midnight. I basically captioned, made a dance to this song. Um, In the caption under it, I said, it's my first dance on TikTok. Gotta need nobody stealing and accrediting. And it was to Megan's song, Thought Shit. And um, I go on in the video, you know, you see me like kind of prep. Seems like I'm about to, you know, bust a move. And then um, as the video gets to the end, I basically stick my middle fingers up. And I think the caption read, Psych, this app would be nothing without Black people. And I had the, my middle fingers up. And you see me walk off camera um, condescendingly. That was just my way of saying, like, I'm not, I'm not giving all the dance. I'm not giving all content to, like, appropriate and, and run with and 
steal without giving me credit, which ironically happened anyway. I had I had these two girls, these two young um, white girls, see my video and copy that little piece of movement, that little jumping thing I did with the middle finger, and then end up getting 1.3 million views off it. How much after? How much after? Yeah. So it was 23 hours after I posted it. And within that day, they made 1.3 million views off doing that one little movement I gave them. Um, they didn't credit me in the comments until like people in my comments started going to theirs, telling them to really credit me. They tagged me in the comments 23 hours after it was up and then deleted it maybe like 20 minutes after. Um, and we're just like, um, well, he wasn't, it wasn't really a dance. And like, it seemed like he was joking. Come on now. It wasn't even a dance. It wasn't even a dance. And y'all took that shit and ran with it. It's giving conquistador. It's literally what you were like commenting on, right? And then yes. that actually happens. You're like, this literally. is a real life example. This is the irony of it all. Like, it was insane to watch simultaneously. Like, all this attention the video was getting, and then just to see these two girls go on and like, take the little, the little piece I gave them. So I definitely want to get back to talking about like that specific video. Cause I know it's one of the first videos that we've seen that really kicked off, you know, the black TikTok strike. But mm-hmm. before we get there, I would love to know a little bit more about you. Can you tell me a little bit about like where you grew up and what was your childhood like? So I was born in New York, Brooklyn specifically. And I subsequently moved from New York at the age of, I think around four or five, down to Georgia, stayed in Georgia, was raised there for a bit, and then moved down to Florida. And growing up in Florida, I went to an art school all throughout middle high school where I danced. So I am actually a professional dancer, even though I don't um, post a lot of that content on my TikTok. something so personal to me, which is why I don't engage on TikTok with that art form specifically for these reasons in which like this whole strike came about. But outside of that, I am a full-time student and a lot of the work that I do off TikTok and on TikTok is just social activism and like working in my community, speaking on issues um, within the Black community, trying to give a voice to those who are marginalized and maybe um, don't have the language to get their thoughts and issues across. I'm also curious, I know you're 21, so the internet's been around like, you know, almost all your life. What was your relationship growing up with the internet? Um, you know what's really funny? Like, I didn't actually get like a phone that I could use until like the age of 18. Because I started getting into, you know, Instagram and Twitter and um, YouTube so late in my life, I think I've... Um, developed like a super healthy relationship with it. It's not something that like consumes my entire identity or my time. I am somebody with, you know, different intersectional identities. I'm black, queer. And so I think it informs all the ways that I navigate on that app. I understand what I come to do on there and the significance of my work. Y'all are only willing to interact or prop up anything related to black folk or black culture as a whole when it comes to saran wrapped in aluminum foiled in a white or light skinned body. You know, instead of braids, I wish y'all would appropriate common sense. I feel like TikTok was a big part of, you know, the past year, especially with like people 
learning dances, people like, you know, doing challenges. The reason why we're here, right? The reason we're talking, like it just kind of blew up in that way, even though TikTok's been around for a few years. But what drew you to TikTok? What was your reason to join, to start making videos? So you know how there's like a black Twitter, like, you know, outside of Twitter, the entity of itself, there's like black Twitter. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the memes and the jokes and just the cultural creativity comes from. I started to see a lot of that on, on TikTok. Uh, there's just like a collective consciousness of black content creators. I wanted to desperately be a part of that happiness and that, that beauty that black folk had managed to create in that space. If you can remember a video that kind of made you feel like that warmth that you mentioned, that joy. Um, mm-hmm. Can you give me one example of that? Um, there's so many I think about. Let me think. Which one's your favorite? I actually have a mutual, they go by they, them pronouns. Their name is Shaheem. They're a therapist on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I remember them, basically, I was going through something in, in my life at the time. And well, let me give you some background context. There was a point in time in my life where there were a lot of experiences that I went through and I wasn't able to verbalize or really emote vocally what it was I felt simply because I didn't have the language to and I didn't know what it exactly how to name my experiences and how to name and explain what it was I was feeling, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm at a place where, you know, I'm majoring in communications and I'm taking the time to acquire this knowledge and read books and read the theory and read upon history and so now I, I'm, I'm more conscious and socially aware so with that being said I was going through something during a period of time in my life where it was something dealing with family and I remember watching one of Shaheen's videos and the way they expanded and further like clarified and provided nuance to that conversation for me was so eye-opening I remember watching the video and I was like oh my gosh like TikTok is like a force to be reckoned with. Like people are really bringing a new way of thinking, a new way of speaking and engaging with each other, like in this digital space. I remember in that moment, I was like, I want to impact people in that way. And I want to speak to people in that way that they spoke to me. When we talk about like TikTok, you know, when we're talking about the appropriation and going back to like the dance moves and the strike, mm-hmm. um, what was a moment when you really started to notice that kind of appropriation that was happening? Like even before uh, the video that you made on the 18th? One thing I've said a lot um, is that I feel like TikTok like bred this new generation or this new culture of colonization, specifically colonization in the digital space, right? So when you see people of the like of Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray, who go on to amass millions of followers. Um, I, I don't even know if that was okay to like say them by name, but like they went on to amass millions of followers. That's facts. That's facts. Yeah, you know, and they go performing on Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, they get all these brand deals and, spot- and sponsorships. Like TikTok fan those two. Like when I first got on there, it was all I ever saw. Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray. On my free page and these like branded sponsorships, branded content. Um, and so I think TikTok has definitely normalized this culture of just stealing uh, and, and taking credit, but specifically within the digital space. So we know that to be like a thing, um, a common thing, you know, white people infiltrate these spaces, occupy them, and give no credit to the architects who built them. To see, you know, this digital colonizing 
play out in like this this internet space, this digital space, is so interesting to me, but also very nefarious and scary. One really big example of that. I just remember last year when it was about the Renegade dance and Jalea Harmon, who was in the comments of like, you know, a lot of these big TikTokers trying to get credit for her dance. And it took a while for her to get that credit. It's still not enough. I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, 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 no. Go for it. But like, you know, we all know her, right? But like, Mm -hmm. okay, people know her for Renegade, but does she have the social capital? in comparison mm-hmm. to Charlie D'Amelio and Addison Rae. Addison, I'm so happy to have you on the show here in studio. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for, 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 for doing this. And thank you for teaching me the TikTok dances. I tried. I mean, <laughs> gosh, I am not... Th- I mean, I tried so hard. I mean, dude, I'm sweating no, so crazy amazing. right now. Did she get an invite to Jimmy Fallon? Did she get to do her dance on there? Can we just talk about uh, 78 million followers on TikTok? That's unbelievable. Tell uh, me about it. Uh, <laughs> It was Addison Rae, right? And they got all these opportunities. They made all this money. They got all these branded sponsorships. They have these YouTube channels. And here's this 14-year-old girl who is literally a genius in her own right who made this dance that, like, literally permeated this zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows her as the girl who created Renegade, but that's as far as it goes for her. And even after that, right, like it just continually happened. And that, that's like what I meant. Let's take one of the biggest examples of it. Mm-hmm. You would think after all that, lessons could be learned. And it sounds like that's not the case when yeah. it comes to TikTok or when it comes to. If anything, it's gotten worse. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. At Bank of Ireland, we understand that home is where the heart is, but it's also where two people become five, where attics become bedrooms and where closed spaces become open plans to make room for new memories. Get the space you've always wanted. Search Bank of Ireland Home Improvement Loans. Welcome home. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply over 18s only and not suitable for students. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. I want to get back to being in my community group. I want to continue having a soccer season. So I can throw parties again. (laughs) So I can go to her parties. (laughs) It'd really be nice to dine in instead of getting delivery for a change. So I can feel safe and protected for myself and my students. We each have our own reason for why we're getting vaccinated against COVID-19. What will yours be? 
Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for information on the COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. As I mentioned earlier, Megan's song is like perfect for TikTok. Is that a reason why it was kind of the song that, you know, was like the reason to strike? I think what a lot of people don't know is the background story and and the events that led up to that strike. Mm -hmm. Throughout that week, there was already ongoing discourse between Black women and non-Black content creators over this one song by Nicki Minaj. It's Nicki Minaj's Black Barbie song. Mm -hmm. And so there's one part of the song where she says, I'm a fucking Black Barbie, pretty face, perfect body. And so like, you know how you click on a sound on TikTok, you can see all the videos under it. Like when you click on it and you scroll, like, it was all white women mm-hmm. and non-Black women just thinking that part of the song. I'm a Black Barbie, pretty face, perfect body. Mm-hmm. And so, like, a lot of Black women were just like, you know, there's no issue with you guys, you know, listening to Nicki Minaj, listening to her music. Like, we're not telling you what to listen to. But, like, to get on a camera and, like, lip sync in a mirror, I'm a Black Barbie, pretty face, perfect body. Uh, you know, they're clearly meant for Black women. Like, that's super weird. And maybe, um, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, maybe not do that. And so, like, this was, like, days, maybe, like, a, like two, three days at the beginning of the week leading up to that Friday mm-hmm. where, like, there was this tension and, like, this just huge amount of frustration amongst, like, Black folk and Black women specifically. And people were just like, you know what? Seems to be a clear lack of respect for Black women and Black folk in general. And since it's us, you know, who are... These social innovators, we are the ones creating these, you know, these challenges and these dances and the fashion and the music. Like, we're just going to take a step back. And so we're going to remove ourselves from the equation. And what you ended up seeing was like these, the variables that were left was nothing more than like mediocrity, which just basically proved our point. Like, we carry this app on our backs. We are the funniest. We are the leaders in all these subcategories. And without us, this app really wouldn't be nothing without people of color that app would be nothing so that was the point that we were trying to prove you mentioned that there was like you know discourse going on but was this like a coordinated move like were people in agreement was there like a a chat or something like that so even before making my video um there was already like this collective consciousness. Like people were already noticing like, okay, Megan's song came out and I had seen videos where people were just like, like, do you guys see these, you know, these videos under the sound? Like nobody black has made a, a dance to this yet. And, you know, it's a lot of white people who just seem lost and they don't know what to do. And I noticed that um, alongside, you know, a bunch of other you know people on the app. And I was like, you know what, let me go make my video. And, solidify the idea that I'm not participating in it. And um, I think my video was one of the first videos that I that I had seen where people like like acknowledged it in that way. 
but it was definitely like a collective consciousness. People were already noticing that like there were like a slight disconnect. And did you expect it to have the impact that it's currently having? Actually, I didn't. I really didn't. Um, and matter of fact, even when I when I saw the the two girls who you know took my dance, I honestly thought it was like that's where it would end. Like that's I would just be another content creator who had their video and their content like stolen and like pillaged. Um, and so when I saw it on Twitter and on Instagram and on all these other digital spaces. Not even like, you know, two days later, I was like, oh my God, like this is, like this is serious. And people are actually like paying attention and like listening to what I have to say, listening to what Black folk have to say. And it felt validating. And I'm glad that it caught as much attention as it did. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect it. What do you hope like happens after, you know, this moment, after this attention that the Black TikTok strike receives? (sighs) Black content creators are being suppressed. And we're sort of like being muled into like making content. We drive traffic to the app, but like none of our voices and concerns is being heard. This is a labor issue. Mm-hmm. It's You could also say it's a labor strike too. Like, you know, with all the content that we make, with, you know, all the attention that we get, with all the morality we bring to this app, why is it that we don't have ownership of our content? For me personally, like even after I made the declaration about the this, this strike, I saw dances to Megan's song. And I saw a lot of Black folk doing you know, dances that specific accounts caught attention for on the app. They didn't get as much of attention, though, simply because it wasn't, you know, a huge amount of people following these Black content creators. Mm. So really what that said to me was, you guys don't follow Black creators and you don't engage with Black creators. And the only times that you do is to steal. And so I think that's also an interesting point to bring up. Like, you know, people are only willing to engage with Black content or anything in regards to blackness when it comes packaged and wrapped and aluminum foiled in a light-skinned or white body. In your ideal world, like what would you like to see happen after, you know, someone puts up a one example, like a dance of, from a creator or any kind of like viral content? I think it should be integrated or implemented in their platform that like if somebody created a dance and it's clearly catching attention, Maybe that video be like bookmarked or something or like, um, I don't know, like it'd be established that like this was the original content creator. What would you like to tell the people at TikTok? Hear us out. Um, Give us the space to have these conversations. Um, You know, you guys released official, official statement saying that you strive to provide a safe space where Black folk and Black content creators can feel safe and, um, you know, express their creativity and go about their creative endeavors. But it doesn't seem that way on the app. And it seems like when a lot of us speak out or when we say anything against, you know, the company in regards to just our experiences on the app, we get penalized for it. I think it's important that we deserve a seat at the table and we should be able to have these discussions and not be fearful of like being punished or um, being ostracized or marginalized in the ways that we have. And um, I would love to see TikTok do more than just, you know, give a month to Black creators during Black History Month. I would like to see more Black content creators verified. I'd like to see, you know, Black creators given ownership of the content they post. I would like to see... um, protection set in place for Black content creators. 
I feel like there should be at least a table set. And right now, there isn't. If anything, it's more of just like, you know, this picnic that nobody came to. Like, I, I want a table, like in a kitchen, like in a dining room, like with the spoons and the forks and all that. Like, I really want an actual space given to Black folk where we can express our thoughts and opinions. And maybe, you know, things that could lead to actual impactful change for future content creators who also decide to get on the app and occupy that space. Vice News Reports reached out to TikTok for comment, and they replied with the following statement. TikTok is a special place because of the diverse and inspiring voices of our community. And our Black creators are a critical and vibrant part of this. We care deeply about the experience of Black creators on our platform, and we continue to work every day to create a supportive environment for our community, while also instilling a culture where honoring and crediting creators for their creative contributions is the norm. Do you fancy winning a €5,000 tip-to-toe personal and wardrobe transformation? Frascati Centre Blackrock want one lucky winner to enjoy a makeover from their extensive brands. That's in fashion and footwear, body and beauty, fine foods and fitness. You can enter yourself or nominate someone you know who would love this fabulous prize. Join me, Lorraine Keane, along with a team of health, fitness, food and fashion experts ready to take you on your journey to the new and best you. Frascatticentre.ie Remember when we thought tech would save the world? Now we fear it may bring about the end times. But we don't have to live in the futures we see in Terminator, Black Mirror, or Westworld. We can choose a different path, where instead of being used by tech, we use tech to bolster our individual participation, to strengthen our relationships, to help us flex our collective power. So season three of How to Citizen with Baratunde, it's all about tech. Launching October 14th, we will bring you the people building things with technology that go beyond just revenue and user growth. They empower us to citizen. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. In this season of Unobscured, we will follow Grigory Rasputin's transformation from a peasant at the crossroads of history to a monster at the center of far too many legends. And in the process, learn how he took the weight of a fallen empire with him to the grave. Elite aristocratic society in Russia at the time was fascinated with very spiritualist leaders, with gurus, and there was this desire to seek alternate ways of connecting with reality that traditional religion and the church were unable to explain to people who were seeking answers to sort of these life's questions that seemed to have this pressing urgency right around 1900. Join us as we make our way into the burning palaces of Imperial Russia, to dig up the truth about Grigory Rasputin. Unobscured Season 4 is available now. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. As of the time of this recording... 
The TikTok video that Eric Lewis made in protest has more than 460,000 views. The TikTok video of the two young white women with the same identical moves and song as Eric's protest video that was posted a day later has amassed 2.6 million views. Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Cutrell, Sophie Kazis, Jen Kinney, Janice Imoka, Julia Nutter, and Sarah Cavedo. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek and Adiza Egan. Our associate producers are Sam Egan and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Our intern is Laili Resvani. Our executive producer and VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Production coordination by Steph Brown. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. From iHeart executive producers Nikki Etor and Lindsay Hoffman, I'm Ariel Duemras. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but for real, please take the time to rate and review this podcast. It really does help other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. Nula, I have to say, you look amazing. Ah, oh, thanks. Well, I feel great anyway. Probably thanks to Nutrinua. The vitamin supplements? Yeah, I heard about them in my local pharmacy. They're Irish, vegan, no artificial additives, plus the packaging's 100% recyclable. Wow, I must give Nutrinua a go, so. Nutrinua, an Irish brand of supplements, based on science and free from artificial additives. Available in pharmacies nationwide. Food supplements are not a substitute for a varied diet and healthy lifestyle. Never exceed stated dose. Always read the label. The reviews are in. And audiences agree, iHeartRadio's number one podcast, Aftershock, is the show you need to binge. Michaela, She's not going to make it to the mainland by herself. Five stars. I love it. It's hard to find a podcast that is truly immersive. And this one takes the cake. Ask me if I care who died on that island. The art of a roller coaster. So many ups and downs, twists and turns. Five stars. Someone's running towards us. Get to the boat now has me at the edge of my seat. Everyone that hears me listening to it stops to listen and then subscribes themselves. You owe me. After what you did, you owe me the truth. Heart-stopping and the cast. I can't wait for more. This place is gonna collapse. Straps us in and makes us think we're coasting along and we're really racing to an abrupt end. You're gonna come with me and we are gonna take you apart piece by piece. Aftershock starring Sarah Wayne Callies, David Harbour, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come to the island and binge the series everyone is talking about. Follow it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All quotes taken from actual user reviews. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.